Welcome to the 388th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Steve Edwards, author of the novel The Searcher. Stay tuned for the interview. The Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing Podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S., Check out Libro.fm today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Steve Edwards, author of the new novel, The Searcher. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me. If someone listening hasn't heard about your novel, The Searcher, yet, how would you describe the novel? It's a semi, semi-historical crime police procedural. I don't. I don't think that's actually a genre, but uh, it does fit into uh, to all of those. And do you remember the original idea that led you to write the Searcher? Yeah, I was. I was on a plane. In fact, I was on the way back from from New York, and somebody left the newspaper there, and there was a story in it about uh, a building project that was going on in London. And the story, they said in the story that they thought they'd found a plague pit, which is, it's one of those apocryphal stories that we didn't, there were no plague pits, but this was obviously around the 1600s. And I'd sat there for the rest of the flight and dreamt up the idea of the story and then sketched it out when I got back. And were you actively writing fiction at that point, or was that something completely new for you? No, it was. I'd written stuff in the past. I've been published in some magazines, often trade magazines for work, but also a few other bits and pieces. And I'd always wanted to write fiction. And I had this time, you're on a plane, stuck there, you're a captive for a few hours. And I, I just thought, I'll sketch this idea. And it was a while before I actually started the book. But it was the, that was the idea. And the idea came from there and it grew and I made notes. And then I thought, one day I've got to sit down and actually write this. And I did. And how long did that writing take you? So the, the process <laughs> took some time. I'm not one of those people who writes an outline. But what I tend to do is to, to write notes, lots of notes then try and put them all together. And I tried to be really organized. So I was living in the Netherlands at the time. 
And uh, I thought I bought a load of post-its. I thought I'll, I'll I'll put it out as a storyboard along the wall. But unfortunately, the wall was textured, and the and the notes kept falling off. So uh, <laughs> I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to write the thing. And uh, and it just turned out that it took me about nine months, ten months, something like that. I know your novel spans 400 years of time. What kind of research did you do for the searcher? Yeah. So I when I had the original idea about starting it in the 1600s and then bringing it up to present day, I thought I better, I better know a little bit about this. So I just, I read some books and I got online and, you know, I actually went to a library. Do you remember those? And we had just discussions about it. And, and I was able to phone some people at the university in Bristol where one of the characters was working. And it just, it came from there really, just chatting to people about their about their jobs and the way they did things. And also speaking to the police, because it's a police procedural, I needed to make sure that it was at least reasonably accurate. So uh, I spent some time talking to the police as well. And did you show the novel to anyone as you were writing it or after you finished? No, goodness me, no. It was it was finished for a couple of months, I think, before I showed it to anyone. I had Oh, apart from one person, I had a one person, a good friend of mine, and she helped just proofread it and give me a kick for continuity uh, and things like that. That was it, really. And so are you working on another novel now? Yeah, so uh, there's a follow-up to The Searcher. The characters are still the same. The second book is the sequel, and I've got ideas for books three, four, and five. I'm about maybe a quarter of the way in to the second book, which is going to be called The Hunted. That's the working title anyway. And will it be another novel where there's a historical element as well? Giving a, a little bit, of, I suppose, the some of the characters in the first book appear in the second book. And there is, because there's that historical element in the first one, again, there'll be a little bit of it in the second one. But I suspect eventually I'll get away. I'm not trying to define myself as a historical writer. I like the idea of a modern-day police procedural and modern-day crime novel. It just happened that the idea for the first novel um, was based in history. And as you, as you, you know, rightly say, it took a lot of research. Sure. So when you were on that plane and you found that article that kind of sparked the idea for The Searcher, who were some of the writers that you were reading at the time and enjoying? It's a funny thing. The first, it's maybe not at the time, but the first writer that got me uh, thinking that maybe I'd like to write something one day is a guy called Ian Rankin, who's a Scottish writer. He he has a character called John Rebus, who's a sort of detective and works for well, what, what is now Police Scotland. And he's written, God, I don't know how many books. It's a lot of books now with this character. And, and I love those books. And I started thinking about the Rebus character and what he likes. And this is the thing I think about literary detectives, Jeff, because they... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. They have a, a thing about them, and I was I was a bit concerned about this because I wanted uh, Mark, my main character, is going to have some issues in the second book, which I think will shape his character a lot more. But I was a bit worried about the usual sort of tropes. You know, the guy's a, a drunk or he hates authority or he's a bit curmudgeonly or he crosses the lines or whatever it is. But I think to start with, it was Ian Rankin and, and the Reba series. Then it was people like, and I, read, I read Peter James, the Roy Grace character, P.D. James with Adam Dougley. She's a bit softer and more gentlemanly. More, you've interviewed him, Dave Robichaud from James Lee Burke. And he is, of course, he's got a lot of problems, that character. He's always fighting authority or, and he's an alcoholic, isn't he? He breaches the rules all the time. I was reading a lot, long answer, but I was reading a lot of stuff. And, and the thing is, what you want these other writers to do and these other stories to do is influence you rather than direct you. So you don't, I don't want to go a certain way. I don't want, it'd be nice. Okay. Every writer wants to sell books and it would be nice to sell loads and to be compared. It'd be amazing to be compared to somebody like Ian Rankin or Peter James or somebody like that. But you want the character to be a real character because he's your character. If you mean, and I, I think, you want them to, as I say, you want them to influence you. You don't want them to direct you. I think it was Starlight Express. Andrew Lloyd Webber said that he doesn't listen to music anymore because he doesn't want anything. He doesn't want to be accused of plagiarism. And I don't think it's that with me. I just, and I still continue to read police procedurals and crime novels because they're fantastic. But I, I want this character to develop into something unique, if that's not too arrogant. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yep. Yep. So given your success writing The Searcher and now that it's out and available, what writing advice would you offer for listeners who are writing their own stories and novels? It's a difficult thing because I'm going the self-publishing route, which is challenging. There's a great author in the UK, Mark Dawson, who's done this. And uh, I've taken advice from him. And, and you do end up with more control. You lose PR. That's what you lose. You lose marketing and PR and it's hard work. But my advice is, <laughs> my uncle's a published author, Jack Edwards. He writes Westerns. He's written about 12, 12, 13, I think. And uh, he said to me, it's not a book until it's finished. You can go on courses. You can do all research about how to write. You can do all of this stuff. But what you have to do is write the flaming book. You have to sit down and you have to write the book. And when you type the words, the end, then you have a book. And and it doesn't matter, really, in, in many terms, it doesn't matter whether it ever sees the light of day, but you've written that book. It's a book. So 
all I'd say to anybody is finish it and then do your research about publishing contracts because there are some pretty horrendous ones out there. Sure. Given that you're going the self-publishing um, route, did you have any beta readers or people who, who helped you with the editing once you, once you got it finished? Yeah, I did a lot of research on this. And so what I did is I found an independent, then I to not contradict myself from earlier. That's when I gave it to people and said, look, people I trusted and said, be honest with me. What do you think of this? If it's a pile of, you know, trash, tell me it's a pile of trash because then I need to either give it up and take up, I don't know, Christmas tree decorating or I, or I need <laughs> to, uh, to revise it and revise it. And, and all the indicators were good. So then I looked at, I think I did about 14 or 15 revisions. And then I, I thought you can revise, you can revise the story out of it if you're not careful. So then yeah. I found an online editor who happens to be in the US. I think she's uh, British and retired. And I sent it to her and she edited it for me. And then I looked at the, I looked at the story again, found it worked a lot better. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a lot better. And then I had a cover designed for me, professionally designed. And I think that's uh, another thing I would say to anybody who's doing this. This is your baby. Pro professionally, spend some money on it. Have the cover professionally designed. Do not be tempted for the audiobook. Do not be tempted unless you're a professional actor to, to narrate it yourself. It's not worth it. It really isn't. I did have ideas some years ago that I would, I would narrate this book myself. And then I listened to audiobooks. I started listening to audiobooks. And I realized that the narrator can make the book or conversely can, can ruin it for you. And I invested in hiring a professional voice actor to record the audiobook, which is, he did a brilliant job. His name's David Thorpe. He's done a lot for Audible and he's done a brilliant job on it. So yeah, it's worth making an effort when you finish the book. Have it professionally edited because that's, that's something you can't do yourself unless, of course, you are. A book editor. Sure. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? So I've been listening. So it, it, I've read some of these. Uh, I mean, I've been a lot. I've had a lot of crime fiction stacked up on the nightstand, as you guys say. But I've uh, listened to two autobiographies recently, one from Francis Rossi of Status Quo and one from Suggs of Madness, both of which are excellent, by the way. If you like music, these are great stories. I've got a couple by Damien Boyd, his character, D.I. Nick Dixon. They're stacked up, ready to read. And I've got the 12th, I think it is, in the John Milton series from Mark Dawson, ready to read. I, I tend to mix between nonfiction, usually autobiographies, and a bit of fiction. The If you're into something a bit factual, the Mythos book from Stephen Fry is really good. And you, you always feel a little bit, well, I, I do only always feel a little bit inferior <laughs> and it's been you're being schooled when you're reading something from Stephen Fry but it's uh it's very good stuff and I keep reading every writer needs to keep reading sure so where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels of course they would Jeff they need to it's, it's what's that I said of course they would they need to learn more it's uh crimewriter.co.uk and because the spelling of my surname is a little uh, different. It's Edwards with an E at the end. D -E -E. It's easier to go to crimewriter.co.uk. Uh, you can find out a bit more about me, about the books that are coming, about the searcher. And of course, you can order it there. You can also get it on Amazon or on Audible. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Steve Edwards, author of the new novel, The Searcher. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Steve, thanks for doing this interview. 
Thank you so much, Jeff. Real pleasure. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.